By your Spirit, O God, enlighten our hearts, open our minds, and fill our vision with your radiance. Give us life as we hear your word today. Amen. Our readings from this morning, the first one comes from the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 34. You can find it on page 77, verses 29 through 35. Listen for what the Spirit has to say to the church. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone, because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with him, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining. And Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with God. Our second reading comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. You can find it on page 900 of the Bibles in front of you. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory in the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent. And in those days, no one, and in those days, told no one any of the things they had seen. Word of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, 
Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our salvation. May your spirit move upon us in spirit and in truth so that we may hear what you have to say to each and every one of us today. Amen. And the discipline of homiletics, that is, preaching. Preachers are taught that we should open our sermons with a story, with a movie reference, with a literary reference, or some sort of joke. The idea is to draw you in, to catch you off guard and make you pay attention. As a rule, this is a a good practice that helps us to draw connections between Scripture and our daily lives, or the books we read, or the movies we watch, or the TV shows that we enjoy which is what good preaching should be doing anyway. However, on the other hand, I had a colleague once comment something along the lines of, for the love of God, if you're preaching a gospel text, please don't open with the story from your own life. I can guarantee you, your story is less amazing than what Jesus just did. This week is definitely one of those things that happened to Jesus that is far more remarkable than any story that I could tell from my own life. The same can be said about Moses' story in Exodus. These stories are so remarkable and shocking that what else can I do but let them stand on their own? Moses ascends to the top of a mountain to talk to God and he returns, his face shines so much that he has to wear a veil at all times. His encounter with God had physically transformed him in a way that is likely difficult for us to imagine. In his transformative experience with God, Moses is marked as one whose voice should be heated above the dissenters and the doubters. And if you've read the book of Exodus, you know that there are many dissenters and doubters. For he bears on his face a very real marker of his experience with God. In the event that would later become known as the Transfiguration, which we read in this morning's account from Luke, something similar happens. Jesus is physically transformed by an encounter with the living God, a transformation that declares that He is to be heeded, for He is God's Son, God's Chosen, God's Messiah. To reinforce this understanding, the two giants of Israelite religion appear beside him, Elijah, who was taken into the heavens, and Moses, who died before entering the promised land. The implication here is that Jesus is to be heeded beyond Moses, beyond Elijah. Like Moses before him, Jesus is physically transformed by his experience with God atop a mountain where heaven and earth meet. Jesus, like Moses, is transformed 
by his experience with God. I said earlier that no story I could tell from my own life could compare with this story. I obviously have no stories about how I went to the top of a mountain and began to glow like a lamp while two dead prophets stood beside me. Sadly, no stories like that. However, I do have my own stories of transformation. I can tell you what I was like in high school and how different I was by the time I entered college. I could tell you how different I was between college and when I entered seminary. I can tell you how different I was from when I entered seminary and when I left. I have my own stories of transformation, stories that come from my own relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm sure we all have our stories of how we've been transformed by our encounters with Jesus Christ in small and in large ways. Maybe you're thinking, man, I don't have an exciting story. I can assure you that you do. Even the smallest of transformations are worthy of the telling. A huge part of the Christian life is allowing Christ to transform us. As we draw ever nearer to our Creator and our Redeemer, we can't help but be transformed, although it takes many different forms. Sometimes the transformations are small. Sometimes they're major. The constant, though, is that Jesus Christ will transform your life if you give room for the Holy Spirit to move. As we experience God's grace, as we let the Holy Spirit use us, move among us and in our lives, we are transformed by the living God. Like clay, we are shaped by the potter, becoming closer to who we are meant to be. Draw closer to Christ. Draw closer to God draw closer to the Holy Spirit. Watch for the One who created you as you are transformed, as you grow into who you are meant to be. Allow Christ to transform your brokenness, to transform your doubt, to transform your shortcomings, to transform your sin. Grow into who you were meant to be by the power of Christ. Let Christ transform your life. Let Christ transform you. Let us sit with what God has placed on our hearts.
This is the joyful feast of the people of God. They will come from east and from west, from north and from south, to sit here at table in the kingdom of God. Luke tells us that our risen Lord met his disciples on the road, and they invited him in to eat, though they did not recognize him. And as they sat at the table, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. And it was then that their eyes were opened. This table is the Lord's table. It sits in a Presbyterian church, but it was prepared for us by our Lord and Savior. And he invites anyone who can come to this table somehow somehow trusting in Him. My prayer is that as you come to this table, your eyes are opened, and you too may see our risen Lord, that you may see how He is acting in our lives. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, O Lord our God, creator and ruler of the universe. In your wisdom you made all things and sustained them by your power. You formed us in your image, setting us in this world to love and to serve you and to live in peace with your whole creation. When we rebelled against you, refusing to trust and obey you, you did not reject us, but still claimed us as your own. You sent prophets to call us back to your way. Then in the fullness of time, out of your great love for the world, you sent your only Son to be one of us, to redeem us and heal our brokenness. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with choirs of angels, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all the faithful of every time and place, who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And Jesus, born of Mary, your word became flesh and dwelt among us, knowing joy and sorrow. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and opened blind eyes. He broke bread with outcasts and sinners. He proclaimed the good news of your kingdom to the poor and needy. Dying on the cross, he gave himself for the life of the world. Rising from the grave, he won for us victory over death. Seated at your right hand, he leads us to eternal life. We praise you that Christ now reigns with you in glory and will come again to make all things new. Great is the mystery of faith. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts before us that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. 
by your Spirit make us one with Christ, that we may be one with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. In union with your church in heaven and on earth, we pray, O God, that you will fulfill your eternal purpose in us and in all the world. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm, through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All glory and honor are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. On the night of his arrest, Jesus sat at table with his disciples, and he took the bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, saying, this is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, and he blessed it. And he poured the wine, saying, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Beloved, whenever we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again. The table is set, the feast is prepared. Come.